first of all, I would say it's never too late to pursue your dreams, your passion, whatever. I waited 30 years, but I finally got there. And I'm really happy, even though it's very time consuming. Again, you should be prepared. You will have to put a lot of hours in. You'll have to do a lot of hard work. You'll have to do a bunch of stuff. But if you stick with it, you will be happy and you will come out on the other side. Always ask why. Why is this the way it is? The whole goal is to rise the industry, to grow it. Yeah, don't worry about giving us credit, guys. We're not here for that. If it grows the industry, that's what makes me happy. When you first said it, I was going to hang up. (laughs) It's not a race you want to win. Yeah, you're going to lose because it'll be too cheap. You'll be working for like McDonald's money. Otto, Mitter, Andre, show from Alibana. Thank you so much, guys, for having me on board. Okay, we'll take 20. I I can't do math. I'm a beauty professional. Yeah, they panning. I do teeth whitening. I'm like, okay, there's some point where you got to draw a line. My biggest concern is longevity and making sure that you've got the best possible mechanical fit. If you're looking for a lash podcast that will challenge how you do lashes, build you up, and help you create a business that not only thrives, but allows you to live a life you're proud of, you've come to the right place. This is Lashcast. Your friend in the lash industry. Coming to you from the City of Roses, this is the broadcast by Lash Professionals and for Lash Professionals. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, we are blessed to have Noreena Khan on our podcast. She is a owner of a DECA Lash Salon in the Bay Area, specifically the city of Fremont, which is really close where Tustin and I both grew up. So we're really excited to have her on. Noreena is really unique in the sense that she owns a franchise, which I, we've had Jennifer, the CEO from DECA on, and now we're going to get to talk to a franchisee, someone who has invested and built a salon through the franchise model, which maybe some of you might want to consider. So we really get into some details about her background, well, she first off is an immigrant from Pakistan, so I always love the immigrant stories about coming to the United States. And the other thing that's really unique is that she started her career really late, like after her kids grew up. She didn't do this while they were little or before they were, you know, started before they were born or anything like that. She raised her kids and then looked for a new challenge in life and decided to move into business ownership and thought, why not? After researching a bunch of places, she just picked out basically Deca Lash as a great franchise model for her to go after. So that'll say you're going to learn about that, learn about franchising, why she got in the industry, you know, what's all about, and really some lessons that she's learned over the years and also some stuff that you'll learn about just the whole model of franchising. So it's going to be a good episode for those of you who are looking to be a salon owner and then those of you who aren't. I think it'll still be good because it's just good to have a good understanding of our industry and this will give you a peek into some new parts of it. But before we get into that, let's get into some announcements. A lot to unpack for announcements. We're just going to give you kind of a preview of what's to come in more details later. But we're really excited to be announcing a partnership that we have been working on with the Premier Beauty Show. Premier has like four major shows they do around the country. The big one's in Orlando in June. And then they also have a new one. They're going to be starting here in Anaheim on April 2nd and 3rd. And we're going to be partnering with them by holding what we'll call kind of like a mini LashCon. And it's going to be called the Lash Conference Extension. And we have five speakers going to be there. And it's all technique, guys. 
nothing on business. So it's a little bit different. And you just have to buy a ticket to premiere, and then you can come and hang out with us at our own little mini LashCon. So it's over two days, April 2nd, 3rd, here in Anaheim, and we have five speakers doing workshops. So it's not really business courses. They're going to be more like workshops with demos. So we have Allie Lilly from Lash Anarchist, Tress Larson from Lashbox LA, Kim James from Borboletta, Ruthie Bell, well, from Ruthie Bell, and my wife, Tusney, will be teaching too. So we'll have more details on that soon, and like, and we'll have links in the bio and all that type of stuff. That's not out yet, but very soon we'll be. And then we'll be in Orlando. We don't have a lineup for that yet, but we'll be in Orlando in, on the first weekend in June. So lots of exciting things coming with Premiere. We also have an announcement we're going to be doing. We're going to be doing an event or a training with strategies on business, and that's going to be in early May. We'll give details to that coming soon. We're actually going to be, our next big thing is right now, we're going to be, this coming week, we're in London, and we're going to be speaking at the London Lash Conference. I, they are sold out last I checked, but after that, we're going to be in Vegas on February 4th for the Lash Bass, Lash Bash Party with Mo and her team, and we'd love to see you there in Vegas, and I believe you can still get tickets to that. That will be in Vegas. Should be a ton of fun. What else do we have going on? Well, we have our last retention courses finally coming. I can announce two of the dates. First one's going to be in Vegas again, March 18th, 19th. And then the second one will be in upstate New York on May 5th and 6th. It's a Friday, Saturday. And then on that Saturday night, on May 6th, we're going to be having another Lash Bash gathering, but out in New York or Newburgh, New York. It's an hour, hour and a half, I think, north of New York. And we're going to be there having fun with Lash Artists. And we're going to be at a Tiki Bar. Um, basically, Fangirl Society, um, Steph and her husband, Pat, own this place, or partners there. And so we're going to be teaching at their salon on Friday, Saturday, and then Saturday night, go party and hang out and do a Lash Bash there. And um, what else do we got going on? We're going to be speaking at Lash Fest on March 26th, back in the UK. So we're coming back for a second round, and we'll be at the Lash Boss Conference April 22nd, 23rd, with Shelby and her um, amazing team. Can't wait to do that. So that's all the stuff that's going on. We're going to try to be soon getting all this stuff on the links in the bio as well as on Instagram. But in case you want to know where you can see us and come and hang out and see us speak and and connect or take our trainings, um, just mark your calendars for those two dates in March and May. And then we have more coming. We have more, like two more in the first half of the year, taking a small break for LashCon, and then we'll have two more at the end of the year. All right. Okay, that's all I have for announcements. Now let's get to our interview where we sit down with Noena Khan and talk to her about her experience owning a deck of Lash. Paul here along with Tusney in the Lashcast studios with a very special guest, someone that we just really met, but has been highly recommended to us. And we're excited to welcome to the show, Noena Khan. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. We're really excited to have you. As I mentioned in the introduction, she is an owner of a franchise called Deca Lash. And she is really here to kind of share her story because she's a baby in our industry. She's new to this. And it's always kind of exciting to hear this kind of story because we've never had this before. We've never had someone 
who's not been in the last industry for five, 10 years. It's like just getting started, starting with a business, starting with a franchise too. And we thought it'd be really kind of interesting to get her in, to share a little bit about her thing. Cause I know a lot of you out there are maybe thinking about wanting to start your own business, want to expand and hire, or maybe jump into a franchise or maybe join with other people, whatever it is, you're a solo artist and you're ready for that next step. And what's neat about Noina is that she has taken that next step. So anyhow, that all said, let's get into it. Um, Noina, can you tell us a little bit, maybe first, before we get into the last stuff and DECA and all that, maybe a little bit about your background so people know a little bit about who you are. Okay. So hi, my name is Noina Khan and I am a first generation immigrant. Uh, so I was born and raised in Lahore, Pakistan. And I came to the Bay Area about 30 years ago. And Bay I have area. lived, yeah, <laughs> and I've lived in Fremont for about 30 years now. So basically I lived in Lahore and then I moved to Fremont and I've lived in Fremont all my life. Wow. So just the two cities. My old haunts are Fremont. I went to Fremont Beauty College. That's where I got my esthetician's license. Yeah. And also before that, like I said earlier, I went to FITM, which is the fashion school. And we, I lived in San Jose and we would drive to Fremont and take BART to San Francisco. But, uh, yeah, BART, Bay Area Rapid Transit. My daughter also went to FITM. And oh, really? <laughs> Oh my gosh, wow. getting off at Powell Street. Powell no, it's Street interesting. Station. We were in the Bay Area when you first moved there. In 92, we met and started dating in 92 and got married in 93. So oh, okay. we were neighbors for a short time yeah. before we moved to LA and said goodbye to the Bay Area. But Bay Area for us is both our, really still our home. I grew up in Cupertino. She grew up in South San Jose. It's a nice place. It is yeah. a great place. And I, I yeah, love it. Fremont is a great place to go catch smart, by the way. If you ever want to go see the, the Oakland A's, or any of the sports, you go there yes. and you take it's the It's kind of in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Anyhow, so total side note. I know that wasn't part of the story, but anyhow, you yeah. go ahead. So you're here 30 years yeah, ago. So I'm and here that. and yeah. that I married my husband, had three kids and raised my kids here in Fremont. And then I was like a baseball mom, a basketball mom, and just driving to mm-hmm. all the games, oh, watching cool. all the games. And very much involved with the PTA and just raising my kids. So yeah. basically a stay-at-home mom. So that was your last, most of the last 30 years, it sounds like, right? Yes. I mean, what's your youngest child right now? So he's just finished college this year. He's 23. 23. Girl, hey, that's look, us. You yeah. look fantastic. Yeah. You don't even look old enough. Yeah. to have a 23-year-old It's like us. Goodness. Our youngest is 23, too. Yeah, and, she just, yeah. and she's finishing school in like one week college. So. Yeah. But that's really good. Well, congratulations again, three kids out in the world and having, a, you know, and being, I guess, not dependent on you, hopefully, anymore, but having yeah. your own life. And uh, yeah. so that obviously brings you to a new chapter of your life where you basically, your focus was your family, your children, Probably denying a lot of things for yourself because that's what moms do. They tend yeah. to oh, yeah. help build other people's moms dreams. Eat, yeah, moms right? last. Mom always gets the coat yes. last. Whatever. Yeah, and mom yeah. And, and all that. And now you enter a new phase, which I'm sure is both scary and exciting. And that is what do you do after the kids are gone? Yeah, so I always knew that once my younger was out of school, I wanted to do something for myself. And I always knew it would have to be something to do with women. Mm-hmm. and art slash beauty and we were thinking of looking at different franchises and we did look at many franchises mm-hmm. but this decalage stood out to me because it just 
I thought helping women feel good about themselves, that was very important to me. Mm-hmm. And because I'm so much into art and beauty and stuff myself, mm-hmm. so I thought this fit perfectly. So when you were looking at options, what were some of the other things that you were looking at besides lashes? You said, was there other art-related type of stuff or was it just all beauty? We looked at a bunch of, we looked at like the food franchises, mm-hmm. we looked at like shipping franchises, some healthcare. But because I was going to be very much involved in the franchise, I wanted something where I would be having fun also while working. So not just like it's work. I wanted to have fun. And so this just stood out to me. So beauty made the most sense. And I'm assuming you looked at other franchises and DECA just seemed to have the best value for what you were looking for? Yes, yes. So had you gotten your lashes before? Did you have a professional license? What was the story behind that? No, I had actually never gotten my lashes before I started looking into the franchise business, right? Wow. And then after I learned about, oh, this is a thing, and it's apparently very popular. And then I started looking at every person that was coming on TV and even like, when I'm out and about in the malls and I would see, oh, this person, I would, I could tell, oh, this person has lashes on. <laughs> and then I kind of knew how popular it's getting. That's great. Yeah. I mean, once you're exposed to it, then you begin to like say, oh my gosh, it's all around me. Lashes are all around yeah, me. Yeah. So I had never realized. And just once I started doing this, I could see everyone look like everyone around me. Mm-hmm. What gave you that confidence that you could go in and just open a lash salon? Because that's obviously an area that even you hadn't had the services. So it must have been a little scary maybe to go into that and not fully understand. Or did you just do a lot of research? You know, how did that all come about? Yeah, so like me, I don't have a business background. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, and, um, but I think just running a household, with all these years with three kids, very active kids, and kind of prepared me to run this business. Mm-hmm. And I also have had a lot of help from my husband, Vakas, who has been helping me wherever I need help. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, I think that's actually uh, hopefully very encouraging to a lot of women listening because I know there's a lot of women right now in, in, in that stage where they're maybe working only part-time and they are taking care of their kids and they realize they're torn. Like they want to have that career. They want to have that business. But at the same time, they want to love their kids. They want to ignore them either. They, they, they yeah. feel like they can't do both. But you're a shining example. It looks like if someone says, you know, there's a season, right? And I know Tess talks about this. There are seasons where right now you're, you're going to be maybe not the biggest last the salon business, or business the person. The biggest business person. Yeah. You could do it later. There's, there's no limit here. It's not like, okay, you're too old now. You're not allowed to have a business. And I'm learning as I grow. Yeah. And again, I, I did not have any business background, but I'm learning as I go. And I think just the experience. And as you grow, you learn so much from life that it helps you run a business also. Absolutely. A lot of the skills you had in managing your family is actually transferable to running a business. We felt like our stuff were our kids. I mean, we, I felt like we're parents. Our job is to help, yeah. to inspire, to correct, to lead, to love them, to care about them, to try to get them to go help them do things, teach yeah. them stuff. Well, that's parenting, right? That's just what you do with your kids. Yes. <laughs> and right now, my lash artists are young, so they're kind of like my children mm-hmm. yeah. about that age. So I treat them like that. So 
it's a big happy family at DECA Lash Freebox. That's really cool. What did do you feel like DECA, as far as what does DECA do? Because I know some people who are on that fence are like maybe listening right now and they go, well, I really want to do my own business. But maybe there is a benefit to going to DECA. Maybe there is or something. Or a franchise. Or any franchise. It doesn't have to be DECA because there's like, you know, four or five of these franchises around the country. What's it for you that said, you know what, I'm not going to just go open a salon, hire some artists. I'm going to go to DECA and what advantages yeah, what I guess the they gave you. Yeah, what was benefit for you? Yeah, so one thing is like a franchise, you do get a lot of help, especially if you're brand new to a business. Mm-hmm. You do get a lot of help because they've already done that. They have processes in place. And with DECA, I feel like I went with it most because it's a women-owned business and it's mostly run by women. And that was very important to me. And also, I think all the franchises, DECA franchises are like a community and they help each other. So that was also very important to me. Like other franchises who have been open for a while when I was opening up, if ever we needed help, we could call them and they would help. Oh, cool. So it's been really helpful. No, no, who wouldn't want that as a business owner to have someone you can call? So they give you a numbers of all the numbers and or and do they create networking opportunities for you to meet and greet and try to connect with others? Yeah, we so we have like events where all franchisees come together and we network and we come up with new ideas, help each other. So it's been great. Well, that's good. No, I think that that's a huge advantage, and that's why people would want to do that because I think inventing the wheel is tough. I mean, I know a lot of us, like, we didn't know when we started our business. We had no clue. We just went in and just figured, oh, it'll be easy. We'll just figure as we go. And it was much harder and much more difficult than we expected. And I'm sure the nice thing to come in and have what they call, what in the, in the world of business is called a turnkey solution. And what that means is that you can turn your key, put your key in it, and it open it, the door, and everything. And it runs. And it runs. Yeah. Everything's ready. Like the marketing. You don't have to invent the wheel. Yeah. The, the systems have been created. The product, the, the brand, the image, all that's been there. The training, it's all given to you. So you can, you know, basically start running pretty quickly. Now for you as a, uh, well, did well you I was going to ask about, you know, being an immigrant, like what um, has that experience shaped your journey uh, as being a business owner? How has it? Yeah. So when I came to America, I was only 21. So, and I'd only lived in one place all my life and part of a very close-knit family. But the thing is, what I learned growing up was we always had a sense of community and helping each other. So I've tried to incorporate that into my business here. Um, I have a good relationship with all the small businesses around me that are near me. And then I have a very good relationship with all my lash artists who are working with me. So I feel that I've incorporated that community sense of community and helping each other grow and kind of like a big, happy family. So for you, when you left Pakistan, you felt like you were leaving kind of a lot of security, right? You were leaving family and support. And when you got here, you had to recreate that. Is that what you were kind of were trying to say? Yes. Yes. Which is not easy to do. And obviously you first did it in your family and your community now you're getting a second chance to do that as a business owner. Yeah, because I want my lash artist to be with me for a long time. And to do that, I want to help them grow as lash artists also. So they're not stuck in one place. And we have a lot of options uh, where they can 
go higher up in rank. And that's how I'm like kind of building a community uh, than just running a business. Yeah. No, I think that's one of the keys to staff retention is giving them that path, you know, opportunities. So if you just say, come and, you know, be a lash artist and that's all you can do and you get your commission rate and you're locked in and there's no opportunities to either improve your pay or opportunities to take more responsibilities on and there's no growth opportunities. Yeah, people will stay for a year or two and then they'll move on because they realize they could do this themselves. But if you're like providing opportunities, you can do this or you can grow into this. Yeah. Yeah, that's my goal that they stay with me and they grow. I know this is new for you, but do you, do you yeah. know what you hope that they could grow into? Like what kind of opportunities do you have laid out before them? Yeah, so they all start as they train as uh, Dakalash artists. And then they have opportunities to become like a trainer, studio trainer. They can grow up to become like a regional trainer. Then they have opportunity to become like a manager at the studio. So with every opportunity, there'll be a pay increase. They'll have more responsibilities, but they'll keep growing. Now, you um, said regional trainer, which is interesting because obviously you're an independent business. But do you partner and have regional trainers for DECA Lash so that they can move outside and more into the corporate setting? DECA Lash has regional trainers. So if the Lash artists want to, as they keep growing mm-hmm. and with time, experience, they could eventually reach that okay. goal and be a regional trainer. Yeah. And does that still mean they work with you directly or are they now working in the corporate level? Like they move out from your company into the corporate set? Yeah. Eventually, yeah, they'll be moving out into the corporate level. But right now they can be like, I have one last trainer who's already uh, my studio trainer now. So she's already like moved up. So, uh, so and she can also go uh, and train and other new studios that open up. So she works with the regional trainer right now. That's great. And that's something, I, I mean, if you're building a business, and I know this is true for our, in our company, Live Bay, who does this, they provide a lot of opportunities in-house to give people that chance to not just be a lash stylist for the rest of their life. And I know for us, we were moving that direction. We had finally, it took us a long time to kind of organize it, but we also started getting our team involved in leadership, um, shift leaders, running, to, uh, teaching in our classes, teaching public speaking because we had uh, conferences we went to or trade shows, and then we'd have them speak and help us with trade shows. So we were trying to build that same thing. And I think that's really one of the keys to longevity in the business. There's many others, but that definitely is a big one. And, and sounds great that DEC has kind of given you that roadmap to follow. Yes. No, that is very important because all the lash artists are in their 20s or something, mm-hmm. and then nobody wants to be in the same job yeah. <laughs> yeah. for the rest of their lives. Yeah. Everybody should have the opportunity to grow. Yeah, no, totally. I, I mean, I can't wait to get this podcast. No, I'm just kidding. Get out. <laughs> just stop it. No, I, I, I'm okay with being a podcast for a long time. I'm okay with that. Yeah. That said, what are some things you wish you knew before you started your business? Because now you're in it, and I'm sure there are some things you're like, man, it would have really been good. And I know you're still new. Like, It's not like you've been doing this for 10 years. But still, there are probably already, even in the early stages of starting a business, been a few things you kind of probably wish you knew before you got started. So basically, it's... I didn't know that it would be this time consuming <laughs> and, and, and a lot of hard work, yeah. a lot of hard work. And it's basically, I'm like 
eating, breathing, sleeping Dakalash yeah. right now. So I'm here at the studio all the time. So I wish I knew a little bit of that before yeah. that it will be so much, it will require so much time and effort from my part. Uh, but it's still fun. Yeah. It's kind of like when you watch somebody doing something expertly, like when you watch the Olympics and you see the gymnasts or the ice skaters performing these amazing feats. They make it look so easy, right? So you look at other businesses and you think, oh, you know, it doesn't look that hard. I can do it. When you actually try to start doing that stuff yourself, you're like, oh, my goodness, this takes so much more than I ever thought. Yes, because you don't realize how much work it involves and how many different things yeah. it mm. involves. Yeah. It's like being a parent. I mean, I wish someone told me that being a parent took a lot of time because <laughs> I was like, what the <laughs> yeah. heck? These kids, like, it's 24-7. I never get a break. It's it like is. every yeah. second. So is, and same thing with a business. It right like. now, it's exactly like that. <laughs> yeah, which is fine. You know, it's early stages. You're just getting your feet wet and, and you're just getting comfortable. And also, did you... Buy an existing place or did you start a new decalage? We started a new. So we opened in July and then we had all the training and Got it. Uh, training the lash artists and stuff. Everything set up in July. So basically started in September. So Got very it. new. Yeah. <laughs> So you, yeah, you guys are just out, just out of the womb, and you're barely walking at this point. Yes, and, yes, and that exactly. makes sense why it's probably a very time consuming because even your leadership team is probably not fully fleshed out yet because it's so new. It's only yeah. three, four months. As they mature in the next six months, you'll see people rise up and probably take more responsibility from you and so forth, right? Yes. No, and yeah, that's the goal. That's, that's the, the goal. goal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know for us, when we had our son, we had two shifts. So we started at our place opened at 7 a.m. and closed at 11. And there were times where we would be there at 6.30 a.m. and go home at midnight. That was our day. Yeah. Crazy long day. And I, I, there were many times I dreaded the two shifts. I'm like, man, we should have just done one shift. So <laughs> then going at 10. Yeah, and but I think it, you, know. you get kind of get used to the long hours and everything and it kind of starts getting easier. It did. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. You get yeah. muscles for it. You get your sea legs, yes. so to speak. <laughs> and I know for us, after a while, we did not. We would go in at 10 and leave at 6 or 7. And because, you know, we have other people that would open up the salon and other people close the salon so that I didn't have to be there 18, 20 hours a day. So now what advice would you have for other people who are maybe thinking about getting into business ownership? Do you have anything that you would say, these are some things you may need to be prepare yourself for or some things you need to be, you know, whatever types of advice you'd have for someone who's may want to get into salon ownership? Yeah, so first of all, I would say it's never too late to pursue your dreams, your passion, whatever. I waited 30 years, but I finally got there. And I'm really happy, even though it's very time-consuming. Again, you should be prepared. You you'll have to put a lot of hours in. You'll have to do a lot of hard work. You'll have to do a bunch of stuff. But if you stick with it, you will be happy. And you will come out on the other side. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I love that. It's never too late to start. Because I think I think people do feel that. I think there's often times where people are like, oh, I missed my window. I missed my chance, right? Well, I think that when you're younger, 
and you don't have that that many miles behind you, you look and you think, oh, my time is limited. I have to, I have to get this done. And when you have a family, there's this push and pull and this tug on your heart that says, I want to provide for my family. I want to be an amazing business owner. But then you look at the needs of your kids and you're like, but I can't. I can't because I've got, I can't ignore my kids, right? So there's this push and pull and there's this terrible mom guilt that happens. But what I want to encourage people is just the path that you've taken is that there's seasons in life. And getting to this place where you're finally, you know, the kids are, have grown, they've left the house, and now you're ready to, you know, invest in the business. I think when you're really young, you think, I can't do that because then I'll be too old. But I'm going to ask you, I mean, do you feel like any different than when you did when you were 20 years old? I mean, in terms of like feeling old, do you feel old? No. <laughs> no exactly. That's the right no, answer. I think when my kids were younger and I wasn't doing this, I was able to focus on the kids and give them my 100%. And right now when I have the time and I don't have to worry about the kids, I'm able to give my business my 100% and really focus on this and to making it successful and just making it succeed. Yeah. yeah. See, investing in your kids when they're little is never a bad thing. It's always going to pay you dividends. I mean, it comes out of your soul in terms of like how hard it is. However, when you do it right, it's like you have a peace because you've invested in the right thing. And then, you know, so I say this to our listeners who who might have that like, oh, I'm not killing it right now. But you don't have to kill it right now. You have to focus on what's most important. And the seasons will come. And just like you, it's like now you're able to put everything you can into the business. Yes, yes. And I think life experiences, it helps you a lot. So I don't know, I would have been so successful if I had started younger and gotten into the business. Uh, I would have maybe struggled with juggling the kids and the business. So I feel like it's a good time for me to be doing this. Because it's the experience of the day in and the day out of taking care of kids and being responsible for where's the soccer shoes? Is the uniform clean? Do they have their (laughs) snacks? You know, it's constant. And it's like doing that year after year, it it builds up a stamina in you. It does. So that you know that when you get into the hard waters with business, it's like, you got this, right? I mean, you raised three kids. Yes. (laughs) What could be harder than that? (laughs) What could be harder, right? No, I think one of the things I I really, I look back as I see things and I I feel like we started later too. I mean, I guess my first business I started was 20 years ago, dating myself in my late 30s. But at the same time, I, I look back and I don't regret you know, saying, well, I wish I started business at 22. I don't regret that because, man, when you're young, you're extremely naive to what is out there and what harm can come from things. You don't even know what you don't know. And you don't know what you don't know. You don't even know yourself, I feel like, when you're young. You don't know. So as you grow, you kind of learn about yourself also and what you want Mm. and what you like. So... Yeah. And what you're good at. That's an advantage, yeah. I mean, in in both sides, right? There's sometimes something great about someone who's really young and naive about their limits, doesn't understand, and they just go all in. And and then sometimes they find and discover something completely new and exciting that they didn't know they would because they didn't know better. Like, they just went in. But at the same time, being older and having life experience, like you said, you kind of could pick and choose what you knew would make you happy because you have all this 
history to deal with and think through what would I like to do? What would I be best at? Versus I think when you're younger, you're a lot more impressionable. It's like, I need to do this because it'll please my parents. I need this because it'll please my friends. I'll fit in. I'll be popular. And when you're older, you exactly. know, you don't yeah. care about being popular. Yeah, so I feel there's <laughs> no good or bad time to yeah. start what you want. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, right. There, there really are upsides of both sides. And just, yeah. I think you can have gratitude or be thankful, whichever phase of your life you're, you're in, and be go, I know what, this was perfect for me. I remember <laughs> we met yeah. someone who was, she, she worked over 10 years, I think, for other salons before she opened her own place. I oh, forget yeah. who that was. Vanessa? Maybe it was Vanessa. I forget. But I, it, was a, it was a great story because it was another person who decided to be a stylist and work many years before she ever opened her own place. And that wasn't Vanessa. But, and I think, everyone's story is unique and there's not necessarily really like this is the bad way to go. Like, okay, yeah. you shouldn't raise kids yeah. and then start a business later in life. That's a bad way. No, that's not true. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Now for you, what are some things you love about being a business owner? Like what are some of the upsides? What do you go? This is one of the things that bring me joy working here and running a, a salon. So I enjoy coming into work, having the interactions with the clients, with the lash artists. But I would say my favorite thing is when a client gets a service done and they open their eyes, they look in the mirror and they say, wow, mm-hmm. thank you. This makes me feel so beautiful. Yeah. And I just that just brings me joy. That is the best feeling <laughs> and ever. And I'm just so happy that I'm doing this, yeah. even if it brings a smile on somebody's face and they feel better about themselves. It is. And gives them confidence. Yeah. Yeah, because it's not just, as we always said with our staff, it's not just about making them look and feel beautiful on the outside. Is that care, that time with them, you get to make them feel beautiful and important and loved on the inside, right? So that they, yes. it's a full therapy, you could say. It's both inside and outside. It's full treatment. It is. It's like that you're like there for two hours. Some people try to take a nap. Mm-hmm. It's a good way to unwind also. Yeah. And when you get up and you're done with the service, you feel beautiful and that makes you feel more confident in yourself. So, yeah, I mean, I think one of the things we pushed when we were marketing is the idea that this is your time. So many of our women are moms who don't have any time for themselves. And this is like two hours of time that they get away from the world. Maybe the only two hours in the whole month that they get to sit down in a bed, relax, and be cared for when 99% of the time they're caring for everyone else. So it's a, it's a really a nice, a unique situation that we offer, I think, women. We have a few clients that are like that. They have younger kids, and this is the only time they say that they get to themselves. Yeah. Or somebody who's working very hard, and we have a lot of people in the healthcare industry, who are working very hard, long shifts, and this is the time they come to pamper themselves and just relax. Yeah, yeah like so, this is the one thing that they do for themselves. What do. You know. Yeah. 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 Now, on the other side, what's something or maybe one or two things that you really kind of hate about this? Like this was like, you know, like anything, my dad, when I was younger, would say that, you know, if you could find a job where you love 70% of your job, you found a really good job because there's no such thing. He would tell me that as a job that hundred percent, everything about the job is wonderful. There's always some parts of the job you don't like, whether it's like for me, like having to fire an employee 
by far the least i hated that like to to, to know to, to no end would you have one yeah one of my clients she she has her own business and she came in to get her lashes done the other day and i said how's it going she's like oh my gosh we had a sewage we had a pipe blow up she's like this is the third time this year so i'm cleaning sewage and and then when the sewage gets on the walls they have to knock the walls down so the joys of being a business owner right yeah exactly that's exactly what happened to me. Oh, oh no! no. <laughs> the sewage! How glamorous is yeah. the sewage, right? Yeah, it wasn't glamorous. It wasn't nice. And like nobody expected. Yeah, one day the bathroom is like overflowing and you're like, and you're like gagging and mops you're... and towels. <laughs> and you're trying oh, no. to be professional. Oh my gosh. But you're the one, just like the mom, you're the one, the buck stops here. No one else is going to clean up that stuff. Yeah. I remember having to do that in our bathroom too. Somebody had had a terrible, terrible accident. And I just. Oh, that's right. I didn't want our clients to go in there and see this huge mess. And so, like, I'm on my hands and knees cleaning up poop. Yes. (laughs) Because it's your business. Mm -hmm. It's your responsibility. So sometimes things like this will happen and you have to deal with them. Yes. Uh, So, but again, being a mom, nothing shocks me so that's right yeah. it's like we were tested in the fire and we got through that if we can yeah. deal with years so we of- can do it here so so aside from poop anything else <laughs> that was like down or not a very exciting part of the job so just i'm not a numbers person so okay. that side of things but my husband has been very helpful and he's been helping me deal with those things yeah yeah um, yeah. I, I think that's what I was here for for Tuss oh, too. No. Like yeah. numbers and said, Paul, can you just figure out everything? And even me eventually we had we just hired an accountant who came in and did our books and all that because I really hated to sit down and have to input everything and organize it. It was a mess. But we had to understand yeah. it. because even that is very time consuming mm-hmm. and especially if you don't like numbers. I love coming here. Yeah. Like spending all day here, interacting with clients and lash artists, but like numbers is not my thing. So yeah. I don't know if people realize as owners, I think a lot of times they think, well, I run a business and I just go in my back room and I'll just work on spreadsheets. But I always made a real effort to be out in, in the lobby and, and be there as a face too to engage, to say hi to people, to talk to the staff. How much time do you spend between the behind the scenes stuff that no one else does and also being there engaged with your staff or clients? So Decalage doesn't have a receptionist system. Oh, okay. So there is no receptionist. So right now, I am that. Got <laughs> also. it. Okay. And so I am the face when somebody walks in, yeah. I'm sitting right in front. And I try to be more engaged here in the studio than going in the back and yeah. doing my stuff while I'm here at the studio. So I like to have interactions with the clients when they walk in know a little bit about them, have talks with my lash artists. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm very much, yeah, involved and hardly go in the back room and spend time there. I do that at home. That's yeah. fantastic because it's like children. It's like when you're yes. in the front, you're investing in all the people that are coming in. So what happens is they build a relationship with you and Decalash as being like their place to go. Part of it is also connecting with their lash artist, but also if there's nobody else in the lash salon, they only bond with the lash artist, which is yeah. great. But at the same time, you want them to have a relationship with the salon. And so um, by doing that, it's it's a really good investment. 
Yeah, we always encourage points of contact. So our idea is like you want as many people in the business to connect with the client, right? Because then they feel more in love with the business yes. versus just instead the, of like when I, somebody so leaves, I would, they're going to leave with the with the the lash stylist. Yeah, so I would talk to them. Yeah. Tuss would talk to people front desk. We did have front desk. They would talk to them, and we really encourage our our staff at least say hello, hi to yeah. not just their own clients, but to all the clients that they encounter. So that really created more of a community feeling. A team. Yes, exactly. And because you want your clients to come back and you want your clients to recommend you to your their friends and family. And I feel like if you have a good relationship with the clients when they first walk in and when they walk out and they have a good experience and you're talking to them, learning about their day, how their day is going, it builds that relationship. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Now, for you, with all this, what inspires you? What kind of helps to drive you to get up every day and, and, and run a business? I don't know. It's just like, I think it's just new. And I just love, for a change, getting dressed up in the morning and coming to work. And I feel like a perp- I have a purpose. Mm, yeah. <laughs> that just being a mom and mm. just the grown-up interactions I'm having. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, they're just the children. So, yeah. that's just, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Something new and something different to do. With also, uh, I was wondering with DECA, I know they, they help give you systems and all that. Um, do they help you teach you about marketing or do they help you figure out like how to, um, you know, grow the business too? Not just like, here's your business now, go figure it out on your own. Do they help you with those areas? Because obviously, finding new clients is a big part of it, at least when you open up. Yeah. No, so DACA has been very helpful with that. So they do give us a lot of, um, we are, one, we are able to talk back and forth whenever we need to. And they give us marketing tools and any other questions that we need help with. Yeah. They have stuff. Every month they'll come up with a new marketing drive that's going on. And then we can just incorporate that into our studio. Do they do um, regional marketing for you in the sense like, do they do anything like billboards or, or, or mailers or internet or ads, or is it more that's up to you to get that type of stuff out there? That's more up to us. Okay. And do you, what type of, when you said they give you marketing tools, what kind of marketing tools, like training or things they give you, or like, I guess they say, hey, you can try this and then you can just take it and implement it. What type of stuff do they give you? Yeah, so they'll, uh, on Canva, they'll set up a lot of, different marketing stuff mm-hmm. um, according to like the holidays are coming. So they'll set up a lot of holiday things for the marketing. So mm-hmm. um, like promotions can, and stuff like that. Promotions that you, you can, and yeah, just promotions and stuff. And we can always access that and then take whatever we think is relevant to our studio mm-hmm. and use that. And otherwise we, yeah, every studio kind of, has their own, like, run their own Instagram and Facebook and website. What has been the most effective ways? Because you are a new business. So what's been your most effective way to find new clients? Is this by going out? I don't know if you guys do, like, almost like cold calling, like go out and pass out cards. Is it just Instagram? Is it Facebook ads? I mean, what? what, Right now, I would say, like, yeah, Instagram, Facebook, Google. So most of our clients are coming from there, but then we're also trying to be more involved in grassroots campaigns here in Fremont, like 
going to different local events mm-hmm. and then handing out our business cards and um, giving them some, some percentage off mm-hmm. if they come in and just maybe go to some hospitals, give them a flyer, uh, some new apartments. So come up with a promotion for them and hand that out. Yeah. So- a mix of old school, like going out there and beating the road, yes. you know, and doing paper, like handing out stuff, and then doing new stuff, obviously through digital stuff, means yes. and all that, which is, yeah. you know, less work in a sense because it's all in house, but at the same time, sometimes it's not as effective, I've found, at least uh, just posting on Instagram. But doing, I don't know if do you do, you do paid ads at all, or is it mostly just posting and hoping to create awareness? Maybe a little bit, but yeah, yeah not too much. It yeah. gets expensive. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah. I guess, especially being a new business, it's hard. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally get it. Do you have any final words of encouragement you could say to anyone who's either ready to start a business or wants, you know, anything you think that would be encouraging to our audience? Yeah, no, what I would say is, again, like, it's never too late to pursue your passion. If, you're, if you have been thinking about doing, starting a business, just go for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, go for it and it will take hard work and a lot of your time, but you will be successful. That is so cool. Yeah. Thank well, you. I have a question though, and it's yeah. it's a cultural question. So I know that you come from Pakistan. Can you tell me what like the national dish of Pakistan is? Like you get together and eat. What is a comfort food? Yeah. I'm so interested in like different cultures and the foods. Yeah, I don't know if we have a national dish. But or maybe what's a very popular food? Like that- rice? Very popular, is it rice like or stew? Chicken curry or oh, yeah. like biryani. Oh, biryani. Because, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, because food is a very important part of our culture. Mm-hmm. And whenever anything is going on, everybody gets together and there's always a party going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, and food is like the center of it. For and, sure. Uh, especially being from Lahore, mm-hmm. it's like, I think the food center of Pakistan. So you get food from everywhere. And it's just like people are really into food. (laughs) And that's, yeah, that's kind of a weekend going out on the weekends and trying different fruit. Oh, food. That's so, fantastic. Yeah. So there, like yeah. the biryani is like a rice. It's like a fried the rice, rice yes, kind of rice thing. with some sort of meat. Um, Little chopped up pieces. Yes. Very good. And just like kebabs. Yeah. Oh, kebabs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Love the kebabs. Yeah. And lamb. Is lamb a popular? Yes. Very popular. Very good. Well, thank you. I just, yeah. I was just curious <laughs> about yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, no, that's very cool. Actually, we didn't really get into it too much, but I guess it's not related to lashes. We, we love other cultures. We love to travel. We love to meet people from other countries and also explore their unique um, things that make them beautiful and all that. And I think, you know, Pakistan has got a lot to offer. Thank you. No, and that's one thing I would say I miss since I've been running this business mm-hmm. because we used to travel a lot as a family and because I love to travel and just like see new places, experience new cultures. And that's what has taken a backseat yeah, because right yeah. now I haven't been able to go anywhere. 
No. Uh, doesn't look like it for a while. So. Yeah, that would be another downside to, I think, especially starting a business is it requires yes. a lot of sacrifice on the upfront side. Uh, yeah. And there's no set time to it. It could be a year. It could be two years, maybe three or four years before it finally, yes. gets, to finally it, yeah. gets in there where you can say, okay, I remember for us, I remember, man, the early days, we never took any time off. It wasn't until many years into our salon when we started hiring probably fourth or fifth year where we finally started taking vacations. Uh, yes. I, I think we didn't take a vacation for like three oh, years. Oh, no, and the vacations that we took were like a weekend. Yeah, yeah. And, and I don't think I will be able to till I feel completely like confident, okay, rush artists will be able to handle everything. Yeah. And I can leave there and go take a break. <laughs> exactly, yeah, no. Yeah. And and some people, if you're on the other side and you're not there yet, that's one of the things that as a business owner, you got to build. you got to find a way to build the systems that can operate without you. And we were bad at that in the beginning. That's why we didn't take vacations. We actually went and signed up for a company called Strategies, which we talked about, and they gave us the tools and the systems so that we could build a salon that allowed us to actually get away from the salon. And obviously with yeah. you, the good news is you already have a company called DECA behind you that's yes. giving that kind of framework so that it's not going to take you five years to probably get there. You'll probably get there a lot quicker. A little less. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So another yeah. another reason why to look into franchises because it could be a, a wonderful way. Been to, very helpful. Yeah. yeah. Now, one thing I didn't realize we didn't hit because I think people are like, oh, I'll, I'll go do a franchise. It's not cheap though. Franchises are not something you just jump in you have five bucks and you start. Maybe we should let people know what does it cost to get into a franchise? So I would say about like uh, 100K. 100K, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's and, quite an investment. And that was the build out that included yeah. the build out that included the space, or was that just to get the licensing to do it? No, so we had signed up for two studios actually. So this is our first one, and we plan to open another one in a few months in Palo Alto. Oh, oh Palo Alto. Oh, that's fantastic. Like near Stanford. Oh, no, my yeah. gosh. That's a nice fantastic. area. Um, yeah. So that did not include the build out. Um, so, yeah, it's, it is an investment, but if you're ready <laughs> and you make it work, yeah. eventually it will come to fruition. Back mm -hmm. to you, yeah. Yeah, and and there it's expensive, and because you know if you include the bid out all that, it could be a, a lot of money, and a lot of people have to go get loans. Some people, if you save up for a long time, you can probably just pay that down and take care of it. But I know other people, you can go get small business loans, especially like for women. Yeah. There's a lot of small yes. business loans and that are grants, available, and other grants, means yeah. to go get money that will help you get into it. And there's a lot of support, so it's a steep hill, but it's not impossible. It's definitely it's one you can do. Possible, yes. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you sharing all this information with us, a little bit about your background, as well as you running a business, which this is our first. I'm really excited to have a franchise owner on to share that kind of experience in that world. Thank you so much for coming on and being part of our little podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It was fun. Oh, and one more thing. Where can people find you? In case, you know, they're listening right now and like, well, I want to go and check out her page and follow your salon's page and all that. So our website is decalash.com slash Fremont. And you can also find us on our Instagram and Facebook page at, at decalash Fremont. So very easy. De at decalash Fremont. And it's okay. spelled D-E-K-A. Deca. D-E-K-A. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. And we're located in downtown Fremont. Yeah, go check it out. <laughs> yeah. Come by and say hi. It's <laughs> yeah. like you're in town. Please come by. Say yeah. hi. If you're on BART, get off BART and yeah. uh, come over and say hi. <laughs> So anyhow. Yeah. Noina, thank you so much for, for sharing your time. All right, guys, thank that's you. a wrap. Nice we are you. done. We are out of here. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. I want to ask you to please follow us on 
and at the last conference. And remember to subscribe, share, and review. On behalf of my last Sparkle Tusney, as well as our special guest, Noena, I want to thank you for taking some time to listen. Keep on lashing, and remember, you have a friend in the lash industry.